Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan M.K. That is right. That is right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hope everyone had a wonderful week. Oh, I guess, first of all, the whole spiel with don't forget to follow me at RMK Madness on the Twitters. On the gram, as the kids say these days, for all my content. I've actually been pretty busy this this week. I hope you've had a good week, again. <laughs> but I've been, uh, wife had another dentist appointment, been working on some articles. Been kind of busy. And, and my six-year-old has really gotten into Jurassic World. And I've tried to show him stuff. It's weird. I'll try and show him stuff. And I always feel like I'm just a tad bit too early. (laughs) And everybody's like, wait, he's six? He's watching Jurassic World? Get out of here, okay? I don't need to hear it. We're doing just fine. (laughs) My dad showed me Jurassic Park when I was about his age. Actually, that's what what got me into this. Because I was like, my dad took me because I was all into dinosaurs and shit. And my dad took me to see Jurassic Park late night, just me and him in the theater. And then I went to the library, got the book, because I just loved it. Loved it. Maybe I was a little older, seven or eight. How old is Jurassic Park? (laughs) But my six-year-old, he is weird. He gets into stuff a little bit earlier than he should, which is why I kind of try and introduce him to stuff. But he's, uh, he's definitely full-on Jurassic World right now. And so, of course, I had to show him, start showing him the other Jurassic Parks, right? That's how you do it. <laughs> so he's really into that. Really, really, really into that, which has been fun because I enjoy those movies. I know, and I know some people have the complaints about the newer ones, but hey, I like them. They're enjoyable. I'm not too picky with movies when it comes down to it. I mean, there's certain genres. I'm not huge on chick flicks, to be honest. I'm not really into dramas. I, I like stuff a little more fast paced. Now, there are some intense dramas that I don't mind, but when it comes down to it, I really do. I, I, I'm not that... I really do not care. <laughs> I'm not that picky. If it's got something to make me laugh, maybe a little bit of action, I'm usually okay with it. Is there a decent story? Or I'm, I'm even okay with some movies that are so bad. I often bring up... Uh, well, Sharknado is kind of the standard right now of the bad movie that's so bad it's good. Is <laughs> the only way to put it, because it's funny. And there's a movie called Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'll probably bring it up around Thanksgiving time again. But it's it's uh, absolutely awful. But it is, in its own special way, fucking hilarious. I recommend giving it, like, just half an hour. <laughs> smoke a bowl. Smoke a jay. Watch some of it. You will get a kick out of it. I, I, I assure you. So, yeah, but anyway, I digress, per use. Back to Jurassic World. Yes, very excited. It's it's fun stuff. It's just fun seeing any of the kids get into new shit, you know, into new stuff. And so as they get older, I'll be able to introduce them to things as they, you, you know, I really would like to get him into The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, but uh, still a little bit of ways for that, I think. But that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Anyway, he already digs the Star Wars. See, now this is not a movie podcast, and it's not my miscellaneous debris where I just ramble. This is a fantasy podcast, so let's keep it going. Keep it going. I finished my guillotine league uh, draft this week. I did. I did. Would you like to uh, get a little uh, idea of how it all played out? I can do that. I can do that. I can do that easy. As a matter of fact, I've got it right here. In case you asked. If not... Fuck off. (laughs) But this is what I got. Okay. I think I pretty much had my starting lineup set 
after the or before I should say the last pod. So when I recorded last, I think that's about where I was at. So my starting lineup is Carson Wentz, Darius Geis, Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, DJ Chark, Matt Breida, Preston Williams, Mike Gasecki, and I love it. I really do. And then on my bench, I grabbed Darnold because I thought. You know, last year in the guillotine league, well, and the other one I'm in this year, I didn't go backup quarterback. Or did I in the other one? Anyway, (laughs) in this one I decided, you know, given the year and everything happening, it might not be a bad idea to have a backup quarterback for the guillotine league. Because what happens if the very first week You've only got one quarterback, but what if they get COVID and they get to IR for the first fucking week? You're fucked. (laughs) So I'm like, eh, I better have at least a backup. And I did the same thing with tight end. So this is what I got on my bench. We had six bench spots. I got Darnold, QB. I got Ogamawale and little Anthony McFarland. At running back, LaVisca Chenault and Denzel Mims, wide receiver, Irv Smith at tight end. So I went a lot of upside on the bench. You know me. I talk about bench upside. Get that solid starting core so you feel good and you feel confident and you can compete. And then just upside, 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 upside. Because the guys that hit will just make your squad better. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's how I've been rolling. And it works. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Sorry, I had to wet the whistle a little bit. Mm -hmm. Ah, Keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Ah, ah, uh, whatever, whatever. (sighs) But anyways, moving on, moving on, moving on. (laughs) Baseball returned last night. That's right. Stupid Yankees. I really don't even care. I don't care that much about baseball. If the Twins or the Rockies are doing all right, I kind of pay attention. But I am a little intrigued this year. Uh, Not enough to watch an entire game or anything. (laughs) But uh, if it's the Twins or the Rockies, I might watch a few games. It it is going to be an interesting year in sports in general. Everybody's having to change things up a little bit. Uh, You know, even the NFL, who for now... Uh, you know, feels like they're going to be on track. To, we'll see about that. I have some doubts about it. But, you know, right now it's baseball, and, and, and I just can't get super into it. But uh, it was interesting. It was uh, the whole no fan thing is pretty odd. And uh, Fauci was there throwing out the first pitch at the Yankees-Washington game, and it was terrible. <laughs> but I'll give him a pass. Because uh, he doesn't seem the most athletic to begin with. And I would say he's got a lot of shit on his mind right now. <laughs> so baseball has returned. Basketball and hockey, well, they return next week. Speaking of hockey, the new Seattle team announced their name. And so did the, the Washington team in football, but we'll get to that. <laughs> But the NHL, the new NHL Seattle team, announced that their official name will be the Seattle Kraken, which I think is fucking badass, and most people do. So I guess this is one of those times I'm right along with the majority that, hey, the Seattle Kraken is badass, badass. But see, you look, excuse me, at what the NBA and the NHL are doing with the bubbles, okay? NHL has two and. They're in Canada, who's in a much better position right now. I've kind of spoke on this before. The NBA, they've got the bubble going, albeit in a terrible fucking place. But they also, I watched a little bit of NBA action earlier because they had some scrimmage games going. Get everybody back into, you know, ball playing shape. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I really do think it, we'll see how baseball does. See, baseball Baseball, those dudes don't have to be that close to each other to play the game. So it's going to be interesting, really, to see how this all plays out. But I'm worried about football. I mean, because COVID isn't going away, folks. And then we got flu season coming, and that's right along with the football season. 
We're now past 4 million fucking cases of COVID. And that's probably not all of them. (laughs) Hospitalizations are at a record fucking high. Certain hospitals, they don't have any beds. I mean, there's this is the shit going on in our country right now. And not to mention everything going on in Portland and other cities where our president is sending in essentially Gestapo, his own Gestapo. That's basically what this is. I know everybody <laughs> make fun of the whole Hitler comparison a few years ago, but people are taking that shit a little more seriously now. And if you don't think so, I highly suggest brushing up on some history because this, this shit, to quote one of my favorite movies, Lockstock Two Smoking Barrels, the president's actions, I would say, are a Alarm bells are ringing, Willie. If you don't know that quote, go watch Lockstock 2 Smoking Barrels. Because either you haven't seen it and I'm telling you you're missing out, or you have seen it and you forgot that quote. Not that it's that important of a quote, but I love it. So go watch it. Just go watch it. That's a great movie. I might go watch it after this. Smoke a bowl. Watch some Lockstock. It's a good idea. But continuing on, I really am worried about football, man. You look at the COVID situation, there's so much more important shit going on in the world right now with, well, particularly this country, with the pandemic, with what's going on with our president and this whole situation, and this country is super divided right now. I don't know about some of you, but I don't want my child going to school during this time. (laughs) That's just me. But it's so much more important than football. But for the sake of what I do, I'm going to keep talking football. But I do think we have to realize that there's a good chance that none of these fucking sports finish up their seasons. And as I've said many a times, I think the NHL has the best chance. So does the NBA. For baseball, it's too difficult to do the bubble thing. But they play you know, in a sport that they're pretty far apart for the most part. And then you look at the NFL. Long season, spread over seven months, spread over the flu season, as mentioned. They have no bubble. There's no way to do a bubble. You look at the roster size, the staff size. I mean, it's quadruple, like damn near quadruple, like the NBA and the well, I shouldn't say the NHL because they've got a few more players. But, like, looking at the NBA, there's so many more players. And you can't bubble them. You're not doing the bubble. So then you got all these players on one team that are still going home every night. And who knows what happens? Even if most of them are being safe and following guidelines can't guarantee all of them will. And all it takes is one person catching something, passing it along. We'll see how it goes. I, di- I, I tell you, I'd be super bummed if, <laughs> if we didn't get football. But, again, there's more important shit. And it's, it seems, at least currently, how they have it planned. In my opinion, my humble opinion... It's a very big long shot that they'll be able to finish the season as is. But we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Let's go ahead and get into a little bit of, well, football news, right? Yes, let's get into some football news. And get away from some of the, you know, serious. Because I know, it did, and I've said this many a times, normally People use sports as a distraction, but the shit that's going on in this country between the pandemic and what's going on with society, blah, 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 blah. I am having a hard time with the, yep, thank you. (laughs) Tongue twisted already in the first segment. Anyway, but 
we don't we need to not be distracted from this stuff it's too important but at the same time i've also said it's important to take those breaks because you do need to give your mind a break from the seriousness of the world you have to for your mental health and so that's what I'm trying here for. And I'm sorry I bring up the other stuff, but it has to be mentioned. It has to be talked about because it's so damn important. But again, we move on to the news of the NFL. And if you listened to this pod at all last season, well, you might remember that I root for the Vikings and the Broncos and the Minnesota, Minnesota Denver guy. Minnesota, Colorado guy, I should say. And I tend to bitch about Mike Zimmer a little bit. (laughs) And he got an extension, which I find disappointing with the Vikings. But it was kind of put pretty simply. When they extended Cousins, it was, I mean, that should have told you they were going to extend Zimmer and Spielman and just hope for the best. (laughs) And that's kind of a bummer. Because it might not have been a bad time to break things down and try and begin something anew if it didn't work out this year. Because all those motherfuckers were on the final year of their deal. And I do not know that Kirk Cousins is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Potentially, if everything around him is right, Vikings O-line better be great. Dalvin Cook better be healthy and on point. And then there's Zimmer. Defense better be great, all of that. Like, it feels just with them that so much has to fall into place. And I don't know. But on the other hand, he's got Gary Kubiak coming in, right, as the offensive coordinator. Well, he was there last year, but he's taking over the OC spot. You got... Dom Capers coming in to work with the defense, so he's at least trying to adjust, and he's open to new ideas, and he's trying to evolve. So I'll give him that. But my biggest thing is defensive coordinators as coaches, man, come on. They're constantly looking for new offensive coordinators. And to me, it just it's just you gotta have an offensive guy as the head coach, and then bring in a defensive specialist. Really, if it was up to me, I'd say you should just get uh, a defensive specialist, an offensive specialist, and then your head coach should just be a fucking super intelligent guy so he can learn how to manage the clock and do all that so he'll never have any of those mistakes. He'll follow the analy- – he's always going to have that crazy shit. He's going to follow that shit to the T. And then he's just kind of you know a motivational speaker. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. Someone mentioned something similar before. Maybe it was, was it Florio? But I've often thought about that. Just because I, I, I say if they, if they hired coaches like that, I could fucking get a job. <laughs> if that's how they did it. And anyway, so Zimmer gets the extension. Antonio Brown retires, unretires, bitches at the NFL, wants to know what's going on. And the NFL, man, well, I'll get to that in a second. With Antonio Brown, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. I imagine if he does get to play at some point, he'll be good for whoever he plays with. But I don't want anything to do with him. I really don't. I really don't. He could talk about how much he's rehabilitated and all that, but I just, I don't know. Personally, I'm going to fade A.B., But I understand for those who want to take the chance on him. Because if he comes back and he comes back booming, that's a hell of an option to have on your team. So I get it. I get it. But it seems like the NFL might be dicking him around a little bit. Which kind of ain't cool, but (laughs) A.B.'s a dick, so I don't really care. (laughs) And... They kind of haven't said, okay, so you got the whole Washington franchise thing. So you've got their name, 
they're not going to have a name this year. They're going to go by Washington football team. So that's first. Compounding all of that is the Daniel Snyder issues. And the NFL released a statement saying they were okay letting him investigate themselves. So Daniel Snyder has hired a lawyer to do the investigation. And since he hired the lawyer, like, it's, you can't, that's, (laughs) how is that unbiased? And then the NFL concerning Woody Johnson, you know, owner of the Jets, his son's running the Jets right now because he's President Trump's uh, minister to Britain, I believe, is Woody Johnson's title. And anyway, minister, that's not the right word that I'm like, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? What you is that? Suck, you jackass. Thank you very much. What is the word I'm looking for? Ambassador. <laughs> oh, good God. Minister, ambassador, ambassador. Um, but apparently he's made some pretty uh, bad sexist and racist remarks, which doesn't surprise me. I imagine a lot of these uh, NFL owners are, you know, that type of right-wing good old boy. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Their kind of statement was, well, this is all under when he's working for the president, not under the NFL. And see, to me, they're just trying to wash their hands of both these situations of the play. Be more proactive. The NFL is always like this, though, man. They're not going to really do a whole lot unless it's proven to be super bad. And somehow this Daniel Snyder shit hasn't become as big of an issue as it should. And then you got the Washington team name thing. But then you bring in Woody Johnson and it's like, I do, there's just so much shit with the NFL right now. It's like, get your house together, man. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But some actual fantasy-related stuff. Devontae Freeman has joined forces with Drew Rosenhaus. And he's going to get that dude on a team by the time training camp starts, is what he says. And there's a lot of chatter about him going to the Eagles. And that somehow worries people with Miles Sanders. No. No, no. They love Miles Sanders. Everybody wants to point to Peterson and this running back by committee crap. Like, he's never had a dude like Miles Sanders who can handle the full load. Jordan Howard couldn't. And behind him, you got Boston Scott. Boston Scott is that Darren Sproles type. He's going to have a role, but it's a specific role. He's not the backup to Miles Sanders. So, I believe if the Eagles bring in someone like a Devonta Freeman, it is specifically to back up Miles Sanders, to give him a breather. Particularly... Because of the pandemic. Like you never know what's going to happen. And they're, you know, the Eagles are shooting for the Super Bowl every year. What if Miles Sanders has to miss a few weeks or something like that? Whether he's injured or gets COVID, whatever. They can't rely on Boston Scott and the rest of that. And I'm telling you, I like Boston Scott, but dude is... Someone they want to turn into the next Sproles. So, he'd be good to own, put it at the end of your bench in fantasy, right? But he's not that true backup. Like, he's not going to take over for Miles Sanders. They Then they'd use a committee. But you bring in Devontae Freeman, he can come in. Well, they would hope he can come in and... <laughs> be a nice replacement for Sanders, but that's going to be part of the problem. Devontae Freeman's not the same player. And I don't think he'll be able to perform that fucking well. So even if he does go there with the idea that, ah, we're going to use Freeman a little more than they think, I don't think they'll be able to. He's not been great. So that's just kind of the way I see things. I'm not worried about Miles Sanders if they do sign Devontae Freeman. I guess is the bottom line of that. But anyway, 
All right, we're moving on, we're moving on, we're moving on again. And we're going to go right into the madness so that we can chat up the next part of my divisional breakdown series. This episode, the AFC East. So let's go ahead and take a quick breather and we'll get right back to it with this divisional nonsense. Yeah. Welcome to the madness. Yes, 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 yes. The meat of the podcast where we get into our main topic. So let's get right fucking into it. The AFC East, ladies and gentlemen. We begin with the Buffalo Bills. You know me. Gotta do it in the ABC order. Josh Allen, the quarterback, uh, in my opinion, uh, a little overhyped. I know. There's a lot of people think he took a step up this year. He's getting Stephon Diggs. And what I don't understand is how this is supposed to work. Diggs had a problem with Kirk Cousins. Now, I'm not huge on Kirk Cousins. But at this point, he's a much better quarterback than Josh Allen. And far more accurate. So how is this going to play out? I know some people say, hey, well, Josh Allen is accurate. Or in the middle of the field where Stephon Diggs. I'd like this. I could be getting that mixed up. But <laughs> people try and defend this. But here's the bottom line. The podfather, Matt Kelly, has said he's the next Blake Bortles. And you know what? He's right. You know what Blake Bortles could do? He could scramble. He could fucking run. Jags never really took advantage of that, but he could do it. But he couldn't make all the throws. Neither can Josh Allen. So I just don't think he's going to pan out. I think this is going to be a rough year for Bills fans. And that running game... I mean, who scares you? I was not that impressed with Devin Singletary last year. He's not even the greatest athlete to begin with. And then you have Zach Moss. I don't feel comfortable drafting either one. And I know the Bills are, they have a solid line. They're going to try and run the ball and shit like that. But I just don't, I don't know. This team just feels gross. It re- the, to me, it really does. Because then again, you look at the back at the receivers. Diggs, okay, and I, and I actually still like John Brown. I think John Brown is still solid. But Cole Beasley, you got a couple other. I I just I think with Josh Allen at quarterback, and there being no real difference maker at running back. I just find this it hard to believe this offense will really be good. Now, John Brown, especially in like a best ball league, yeah. But I don't know if I trust what's going to happen with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I don't like the running back situation. I'm avoiding both. And the only one I really do truly like out of this (laughs) entire fucking thing when it comes to the Buffalo Bills offense is, well... Dawson Knox. Because this dude's metrics are fucking off the chart. Okay? And this could be the safety valve. I, people have compared Josh Allen to Cam Newton, a poor man's Cam Newton. I'd say a very poor man's Cam Newton because, yes, Cam Newton does struggle with accuracy, but not in the same sense of Josh Allen. And uh, Cam Newton had an MVP year once. I I think that's so far from Josh Allen's future. I I just, I don't know. This team feels gross. But Dawson Knox. Cam Newton, as I was mentioning, left him some Greg Olson throughout his career, right? Some of the coaching staff has some 
former Panthers coaches, meaning there's some similarities there. Charles Clay never really worked out in Buffalo, but look, 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 Dawson Knox. 86 percentile in both the 40-yard dash and the speed score, 72nd percentile in burst score, 75th in agility, 79th in catch radius. Now, he has a piss-poor college dominator, but they just didn't fucking use him. Ole Miss. Played for Ole Miss. So, you're kind of like, where's the college production? What did they use him for? Well, that definitely deserves a deeper dive. And, again, his college stats show 15 receptions in a senior year. But with a catch rate of 62.5%. And in his in the previous season, his catch rate was 72.7%. So dude's efficient and he's athletic. That tells me they just didn't use him. And I could see that. A lot of different kinds of offenses in college football, yes. <laughs> Which we probably won't see this year. And if you do... It'll be very little college football, and it probably won't be that great. (laughs) Just my opinion. I don't know. Could be wrong. But that's kind of my my idea or my thoughts on the Buffalo Bills. I just don't. I just don't see them doing it. I I just think it's going to be a disappointing year for them. All right, moving on. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Yes, yes, yes. So. I guess to begin with, when do we see Tua Tungavailoa? Huh? When do we see him? And I think the problem is going to be he might have had a chance to start right away. But with this kind of offseason, so this is going to be a problem with a lot of rookies and stuff this year is the offseason. I do think the best of the best will be able to adapt quickly. But it's still going to be a little bit of a struggle. Rookies might start slow out of the gate because it is such an odd offense. And, I mean, they already should have had many rookie camps and things like that. No, they don't get any of that this year. So it's going to be different. But I do think we'll see Tua at some point this year. He is for sure the number two quarterback of this class. And I think he's going to be pretty damn good. And I'm happy for the Dolphins fans. I really am. Because not just Tua. I really like the receiving court. they got some depth there. I, I like Isaiah Ford. I kind of like him. So they've got some other players there. But I, you got to go just gush over Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. And I know Devontae Parker's a man there. And he finally had that breakout year. But oh, was it a breakout. And... He got that contract. So good for him. But Preston Williams? Ooh-wee. You just wait. You just wait. That's why I drafted him in the guillotine league. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. Hell of a year. And the running back situation, a lot different than last year. Last year they had Kenyon Drake not doing anything. And they got Miles Gaskin and Patrick Laird and blah, 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 blah. But now... They went out and signed Jordan Howard. (laughs) If you know this pod, you know I'm kind of meh when it comes to Jordan Howard. So there's that. But they also traded for Matt Breida. Now, Matt Breida, people forget um, really how, what kind of, what kind of player he is. They forget that because he's dealt with some injuries and shit. He's had a hard time staying on the field in San Francisco. But this is a dude that runs a 4-4-40. Speed scores up 66th percentile. Burst score in the 99th percentile. Agility 75th. I mean, dude's an athlete. He can catch the ball. He can run 
He's explosive. Don't you remember? I mean, some of those plays where he just breaks out and takes it fucking to the house. This is Matt Breda. That could be very good, particularly for a QB like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He does like to take his shots, but if he's got that running back there, mm-hmm. Then you take it a step further. What if Tua steps in? When Tua steps in, he's going to really, really love him as a Matt Breda. You know? Because Matt Breda, you're going to be able to check it down to him, and he's going to be able to make shit happen. Top 25 in yards created per touch. And again, last year, dealt with some injury stuff. Only played 12 games, 14 games in 2018. So obviously health is a little bit of a concern. But I love me some Matt Breida. Because I do think Jordan Howard is going to have a role. But I think Breida has it in him, in my opinion. He is capable of starter duties. Of being a three down back. And maybe he impresses so much that he gets more of a three-down role with Jordan Howard as that uh, breather back. And maybe they use Jordan Howard for goal line stuff. But I wouldn't worry about Breida because of the way he can create yards himself. That should account a few touchdowns as well. So, Matt Breida! Mad Breeder. And we're from the page. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. The New England Patriots. That's right. <clears throat> no Tom Brady? No problem. They got Jared Stidham. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And Cam Newton. Now, I would like to think, you know, Still might have a role at some point, or, you know, you do wonder because of the offseason, is Cam not going to get to, you know, really get too much into the offense to where Stidham has to start the season? Either way, it's going to be Cam's team at some point. And I think that's a very, very good thing. <laughs> Edelman should be solid, but I'm really looking at Nikhil Harry. See if uh, Nikhil Harry can develop a really good rapport with uh, Nikhil Harry. So that'll be interesting. I'm looking for Nikhil Harry to take over that number one receiver role, but I'm also interested because they signed some guys. Demir Bird, Marcus Lee, they have Sanu left over from last year. I'm interested to see if Sanu has a bounce back year, but also Marquise Lee. It seems like he hasn't quite been the same. Dealt with some you know, quite a few injuries early in his career. But I have seen some flashes from Marquise Lee. So it'll be interesting if if he makes the team to see if anything comes from that. And then when it comes to the running backs, you still got Rex Burkhead sticking around. And if Sony Michelle is healthy, he's likely the starter. But I really got my eyes on Damian Harris. He's going way late in drafts, too. You can get him cheap. But I do think he's coming. I do think a bigger role for him is coming. And I do think, should Sony Michelle not start the season or have issues or get hurt during the season, I do think we'll see a lot more of Damian Harris. And really interesting with the Patriots is the tight end. Because you know, They didn't really have that tight end weapon last year. They didn't have Gronk. So, they went out and got a couple tight ends in the draft. Devin Ossie-Ossie. And don't get me wrong. Solid player. He could be it. But the one I'm looking at is actually Dalton Kane. Not the best college production. Much better than... uh, (laughs) Who else had I mentioned? With the shitty collar production. Let me look again. Dawson Knox. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I, I don't even have to play the you suck thing because I know. But Dalton Keene 
has upper percentile marks, 40-yard dash, speed score, burst score, all across the board, right? Above average dominator rating, breakout age, 71st percentile. Tolton Keene is much more athletic than Devin Asiasi. Now the 58th percentile, still above average, but you got to think, well, how often was he used? What's, a, what's going on with the 58th? Well, he had just 21 receptions in his senior season. This is for Virginia Tech. So again, you look at some of these numbers with tight ends, the difference in some of them, they're just not getting used. Does that mean there's something wrong with his play? Well, possibly, but you got to look deeper into these metrics. His fucking catch rate was 80.8%. That's outstanding. Outstanding. So you got to take some of that shit into account. So while people are scooping up Devin Alciasi in the uh, drafts this offseason, I'm grabbing Dalton Keene. Because I think he's the better prospect. And it kind of reminds me of the situation where, remember the Ravens drafted Hayden Hurst and they drafted Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews came later. And who was the one that ascended? Well, that was Mark Andrews. Now, in this situation, they both went in the third round. Dalton Keene, only 10 picks after Aussie Aussie. I hope I say that right. Aussie Aussie. <laughs> but only 10 picks after, right? So it's not a huge gap there in, as far as draft capital. But everyone is talking about Aussie Aussie. No one's talking about Dalton Keene. And I'm just here to say they should be. They should be. <sighs> anyway. Moving on to the New York Jets. That's right, that's right. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets. <laughs> I like Sam Darnold this year, man. I think he's on the rise. He's a, he's not one of those guys that's uh got a ton of mobility. He's going to get you a bunch of scrambling yards, but you know what? This motherfucker's going to sling that rock, and he's going to try and fucking get it. All over the field, especially to my guy, Denzel Mims. This fucking dude, I'm telling you, people are so down. Oh my goodness, Denzel Mims. I'm so excited for him. I mean, I would say, just go look up some highlights. Because they're fun to watch. This dude is 6'3", 207 pounds. 90th percentile in every metric, aside from agility score, which is still in the 67th percentile. College Dominator in the 85th. College Target Share, 63rd. Breakout Age, 67. Best Comparable, Chris Godwin. Blah, 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 blah. Yum, 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 yum. And I don't think he could have landed in a better position. He's going to a gun-slinging quarterback who needs that prototypical X receiver, because they've got Perriman there, who they signed to go deep to replace Robbie Anderson. They got Jamison Crowder in the slot, and I really like Crowder. But Perriman, I'm kind of mad on, but I really like Jamison Crowder as well. Put up some good numbers last year. People forget about that. But Mims, he's, he should be able to step right in and be Darnold's go-to guy. For the running backs, Le'Veon Bell's okay. I think he'll have a little bit of a bounce back year. But you never know what's going to happen with injury with him or maybe they trade him. So you kind of have to look to the depth chart. I don't really care about Trent Cannon and other than that, or Josh Adams for that, for that matter. And you look around and who do you got? Who do you got? You look around and you've got LaMichael Piron, who is... Everybody's excited about, and I see why people are high on him. I think he seems a little bit slow. I don't know. I, do, I, I guess I'm 
I'm a little skeptical of him because of his his metrics. Okay, but we'll see, and I'm sure he'll he'll be one of the ones involved should something happen to Le'Veon. But I'm kind of interested about them signing Kenneth Dixon. Now we'll have to see who gets cut and who doesn't. But Kenneth Dixon, once upon a time, seemed to be on the verge of doing some things. <laughs> and then injuries took their toll. But if he's healthy and he gets an opportunity, maybe we see some of what we saw a few years back. Maybe he has a bit of a resurgence. Now, it's a lot to ask, but he's kind of a dark horse candidate, and I've got my eye on him. And then for tight end, all i got to say is Chris Herndon. The Jets are excited to unleash him, and I'm excited for them. <laughs> so get you some Chris Herndon. But all right, that's what I got. That's what I got. That is my AFC East breakdown. And this is pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Next, next pod... After the weekend, we'll get into the AFC South. Oh, yes. The lovely AFC South. With Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Houston. Houston. It's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting Very interesting year. But yes, we get into the AFC South next pot. So let's go ahead, take one more quick breather, and then we'll come back to close up shop. Game over, man. Game over. That is right. It is the end. This is the end. My only friend, the end. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Where's my damn applause or the cheer, the cheer? Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, I imagine uh, lots of people are going to flood to uh, baseball this weekend, to the TV to watch some baseball, because they're dying for them sports. And you notice they are uh, all the players in the Washington-New York game last night kneeled. It was before the anthem, but if all these people who hate kneeling... Um, if they hate it so much, I mean, they're if they're really serious about not watching sports, they're gonna run out of sports to watch, really, <laughs> because uh, everybody's down for this shit. It would seem. But if you're not gonna be trying to watch a ton of baseball this week, because I'll be honest, I'll check in with it. Probably not watching a ton. I really suggest. Uh, well, first of all, unidentified. UFO show. It's really good stuff. With actual people on the show from within the government. This is why I preach this particular show. It's basically a bunch of government dudes and, you know, talking about stuff that, hey, some of it's already gotten leaked, right? Or not leaked, but came out with the Navy and the Pentagon, the secret UFO program. So really good stuff. Good show to watch. And also World War II in color. It's on Netflix. It's fucking fantastic. If you like history type stuff, it just fascinates me. Fascinates me. And you can see, really, if all those people who love Trump so much, you can just see. You see how much uh, Trump compares to a good old, good old Hitler. Because <laughs> they are very similar, although I would say this. And fuck Hitler. He's well, probably the worst human being to have ever lived. Well, one of them for sure. And that dude (laughs) seems to have inspired Trump a little bit. But Trump is no Hitler. Again, I'm not saying anything good about Hitler because, wow. But if that's what Trump's aspiring to, he's not doing a very good job. (laughs) He's really not. He's really not. He's kind of failing, (laughs) which is a good thing for us. You know, it's a very good thing for us. Which is why I'm chuckling about it. But it would not be so funny if he was succeeding. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, there's some good stuff to watch. If you need to, you know, take your mind off things for a little bit and you're not feeling the baseball, those are my recommendations. But other than that, I hope everyone has a great weekend. And if you're drafting, 
good luck in the drafting. I am still finishing up my last Super Flex League, so I will talk about that probably next pod. But on that, keep eyes out. Keep your eyes out for my articles. They're coming up. I've got a few in the works, as I mentioned. I should have one coming up within the next few days. It's solely on Darius Guys. It is my poem, my love poem to Darius Guys. <laughs> kind of? Not really. I also got a couple other ones I'm going to talk about. Uh, some of the least efficient offenses last year and and why you might see them differently this year. That's right. That's right. I'm also going to get into a super deep, deep, deep sleeper article pertaining to this COVID situation because if it gets bad enough, man, people could be missing some players. Now, there's a lot of people that say, yeah, if a team's missing 10 players, we're just, if each team's missing 10 players, we're all going to lose football anyway. No. Uh, here's the thing. If they can find a way to keep this fucking shit going, they're going to. So it's going to take some pretty crazy shit for the end. And I do think it might happen. <laughs> but I don't think that a handful of players testing positive for COVID will do it. At least not right now. We'll see. We'll see how things go along. But keep your eyes out for my articles on the Twitter at RMK Madness. Check out my stuff on Instagram as well. And other than that, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And as always, do not forget, stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. Ta-ta. Laters. (laughs) 